everybody. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Today is Thursday, April 9th, 2020. And today, as we continue out uh, looking back at some of the best teams in Red Wing history, what other way to do that than to look at some of the best players in Red Wings history? Uh, we're continuing our 64-person uh, bracket to determine the greatest slash most influential slash coolest slash whatever criteria we decide at the time. That's looking. Uh, figure in franchise history uh if you haven't listened to the round of 64 or the round of 62 or, or the round of 32 please be sure to go back and do that we've been running two-part episodes on thursday and friday for the last two weeks and uh this week will be no different as we break down the sweet 16 we got half of the bracket coming today half of the bracket coming tomorrow and uh we're looking forward to it i am your host detroit sports writer nolan bianchi here today with longtime red wings fan ethan smith What's going on, Nolan? Uh, we also have Sergio Colchester joining the program today. A uh, friend of the program. Took a lot of heat for his Henrik Zetterberg takes last week. Rightfully so. I'm sure we'll get even more into that today. But uh, for now, we'll just welcome you back with uh, open arms. Sergio, how's it going? Happy to be here, boys. Time is a flat circle. Uh, so let's just jump right into it. We got our first matchup of the day. We got a number one seed, Steve Eisman versus number uh, 17 overall in Darren McCarty. Uh, send, send Darren McCarty out for us. Give us some nice words. Boys, Darren McCarty was a great Red Wing. Uh, just an absolute, you know, renaissance paint, painting of a hockey player. He was a fan favorite uh, and somebody that was beloved by the fan base and sort of tapped into the culture and the city at large in a way that a lot of uh, other Detroit sport figures uh, have not been able to. Um, he turned the tide in the rivalry with the Avalanche uh, by beating the hell out of Claude Lemieux. Um, it was one of the, you know, obviously March 26, 1997, one of the most memorable nights in Detroit sports history. And I, I, I you know, he found his way, his way here into the Sweet 16 pretty much on the merit of that. And then a goal he scored about three months later uh, against the Flyers, the game-winning goal to win the Wings' first Stanley Cup in 42 years um, with just some absolutely out-of-nowhere, beautiful dangles, skating past uh, two Flyers and then deking out. I think it was Ron Hextoff. Uh, he's a, he's a, a lovely, lovely, lovely Red Wing, but, uh, you know, I have a feeling our boy Steve Eisenman might be walking into the finals on a post yeah it's uh it's a little bit tough whenever you're going up against the the number one seed in the entire tournament in a bracket like this uh i will agree uh in the sense that you know just as a guy who represented the city of detroit i think this city is a place where we're always looking to try and we're always looking for the guys who uh, the underdogs, the guys who shouldn't be getting it done, but lo and behold, here they are in the third period of a Stanley cup final clinching game, uh, pulling the, one of the most gorgeous deeks I've ever seen in my entire life, seemingly out of thin air uh, to uh, clinch the whole thing. You know, I think that's why people, uh, the Oh four Pistons resonated with people so much. Not to say that Darren McCarty in terms of talent uh, is on the, the level of, as any of the starters on that 04 Pistons team. And, you know, just when you talk about the, the landscape of the game, but certainly I think, uh, you know, a guy who he had some issues, uh, some personal problems, some drug and alcohol abuse, uh, was not shy about it. 
played 15 years in the NHL despite all that and has, uh, you know, really cleaned it up after the fact. And, I mean, that's kind of irrelevant to the discussion we're having. But I just think as a, uh, as a hero, he was very honest about who he was. And uh, he's, somebody, he, he's somebody that you can't write Red Wings history without. I think it's no surprise at all that he made the Sweet 16. But, yes, this is time to go. Yeah. That's, I mean, I really don't have to say anything about that. It was, it was a good run. It was a good run. Uh, we'll move it. We'll keep Went it moving. a little bit longer than it should have, boys. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep it moving. We got the number eight overall, uh, Mr. I, against the number nine overall, Brendan Shanahan. Now, I think this is kind of a close one, but Ethan, we'll start with you. All right. Um, I get this is – it's majority of these guys – I mean, everybody left. Everybody left as a player, but I, I don't want to undervalue – I don't want anybody, either of you guys, to undervalue how important Mr. I was to this city. Not, not, a, not just the Red Wings. Like, he, he helped build hockey in this sport. Like, he's a huge reason why you have players like um, Kyle Connor, uh, Dylan Larkin, Jacob Truba, why those guys are where they are now. But like, with Little Caesars being – him being born here, Little Caesars starting here, expanding here how he took the red wings from one of the worst teams in the league to 25 straight years in the playoffs he's built new arenas he's funded unbelievable projects built comerica like there's there are so many things not even to mention the little caesars hockey the triple a teams that he has going on and he funds like this guy has an almost immeasurable impact on this city and I don't think a guy that played with the Red Wings for nine years and he's on a lot of highlight videos and you guys like him because he's good looking deserves <laughs> to go over somebody who has arguably the biggest impact on Detroit in the last hundred years I'm gonna play a little devil's advocate here and this was actually a really tough decision for me but I think what it broke down to was this if not Brendan Shanahan, then who goes over Mr. I? Now, you could make an argument that Steve Eiserman definitely – Steve Eiserman and Brendan Shanahan are not, you know, even close to the same type of person when it comes to influence or greatness or, or whatever you want to say strictly within the, the context of the Detroit Red Wings. But I think that if you don't pick Brendan Shanahan over Mr. I, then I think in a way you're kind of – that argument kind of says like, hey, nobody's going – over Mr. I. And maybe that's, maybe that's fair. Maybe Mr. I deserves to be the most influential uh, figure left standing. But I think also, you know, he, he has the longevity that I kind of unfairly think works to his favor. Guys simply aren't playing as long as Mr. I was the owner of this team. Uh, So while he did do this, he did complete this work over 40 years or whatever you want to call it. Uh, I think it's kind of tough for me to see that argument just because Brennan Shanahan, he was one of the, you know, Sergio mentioned it last week on the podcast. He was the piece that got the Red Wings over the hump in a lot of different ways uh, in that 96, 97 season. I just think, you know, he won three cups. He played nine years. 
yes, that's not his whole career, but it's more than he played anywhere else by far. Next most is New Jersey. He spent five years there. Uh, had 309 goals with the Red Wings, scored his 500th and his 600th goals here. Uh, a legendary figure in hockey history, and he did his, his best, most important work here in Detroit. So I'm going to go Brendan Shanahan. All right. A couple weeks ago when we started this, and I was talking to one of my friends um, about it because he had listened to the, one of the first podcasts we were talking about who we thought, you know, was a dark horse person that could win the whole thing. And I immediately said, Brendan Shanahan, um, because I don't know that there is a, another person that I can think of in Red Wings history that just has as much Q factor, Q rating, sheer coolness as Brendan Shanahan. Like when you play hockey, uh, you know, the, 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 ultimately there's no better feeling and there's no, there's no cooler thing that you can do than score goals. And, and nobody lit the lamp like Brendan Shanahan. The guy just knew how to score. Um, he was so, he was such an, a game changer for the Red Wings and somebody that could put the puck in the net like that. But then you don't even, but then that gloss is over the fact that he was tough as hell um, was a real, you know, we, the, all the, all the things we love Tyler Bertuzzi for that have landed Tyler Bertuzzi <laughs> in the three sixteen. How did I know he was going to get brought up? Shanahan, <laughs> Brennan How did I know Shanahan, he was going to get brought up? Brennan, Brennan Shanahan, Shanahan did those things as a hall of famer. Yeah. Um, you know, fighting, hitting, being a tough guy. And then on top of all of that managed to be just, the sheer uh, embodiment of sort of just pure cool and charisma in the community. He was, he was the type of guy that if you, you know, if you saw him out, you know, walking around Birmingham uh, on, a, on a summer day, you just, you know, you were blown away. It was starstruck because of Brennan Shanahan. And I don't know that there's anybody else on this list save for the number one overall seed that had that type of power just as a person. Um, so all of that, like, and needless to say, he was also probably the best looking Red Wing of all time. That being said, um, as we've seen in sort of the stratification of the, the different teams in this city, an owner is the root the foundation of everything that the organization ends up being. Mike Illich bought the team in the early 80s and turned a struggling franchise into perhaps the most sterling and successful organization in professional sports for the remainder of his life, which was you know, over 30 years. Um, his ownership, from him to the top down, his ownership is the image of the Detroit Red Wings that we know today. And the question is, to me, this, there's a reason this was the hardest matchup on the bracket so far. You know, who would knock off Mr. I? If it's, if it's not Brennan Shanahan, then who's it going to be? The answer to that question is, I don't know, because I'm going Mr. I. 
The guy <laughs> is one of the greatest owners in sports history. One of the greatest figures in Detroit sports history. Um, and, uh, you know, I, he, he's also just a, just a, a true pillar of, of what the Red Wings are. And I think more so than, than Brendan Shanahan. So yeah, Mr. No, I moves on. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to argue with that. And I think that there is a, that's a good point to be made. And I think, uh, you know, it, like that was kind of my argument is if not Brendan Shanahan, then who, but I mean, I'm, I'm, I'd be okay with Mike Illich winning this tournament. I, I that's not what I'm saying at all. I, I don't not want Mike Illich to win this tournament, but I think it, it, I cast a vote for Brendan Shanahan a, because I thought that he was, uh, he, he's right on par with, I, I think influence. Um, you know, if, if they don't win, in 97, if they don't get it done in 97, who knows what happens from there? Who knows if they blow it up? Who knows if Iserman comes back as the captain? These were real concerns surrounding this team uh, at that time. So I'm not upset with Mr. I getting passed on to the second round and, and to a or toward the Elite Eight? The Elite Eight. Uh, yeah, and to, elite a degree, eight. to a degree, I, I even agree with you guys on it. But, uh, yeah, round of applause for Brennan Shanahan. For only spending nine years in Detroit, yeah. he, he made a pretty good run. And a pretty big impact. Um, but, yeah, next matchup. Bottom half of the first half of the round of 16. Uh, number five overall versus number 12 overall. Uh, it's going to be Pavel Datsuk versus Scotty Bowman. Sergio, we'll start with you. This is probably the second toughest matchup in the, in the Sweet 16. Um, but I, I think I, I know who I'm going to go with. Um, and, and I'm going to start off by just telling you who it is. It's going to be Pavel Datsu. Um, and I'll okay. let you guys talk more about Scotty Bowman because I have a feeling you guys are going to make a strong case. Somebody's going to make a strong case for him. But Pavel Datsu was the most enjoyable athlete that I ever got the chance to watch in this city in my adult life. I would, you know, I was, I was a – I was pretty young for Barry Sanders' career, and uh, I think he's probably the most exciting athlete that I ever got to watch on that close level as somebody playing, playing in Detroit. Behind him, it's, it's Pavel Datsu. And, I, I, I mean, the guy played his entire career here. He won two Stanley Cups here. He was the reason that you turned on Fox Sports Detroit at 10.30 at night on a Wednesday evening and watch the Red Wings play the Anaheim Ducks, uh, you know, in the middle of December. It was to watch that, watch what that guy would do with the puck. Um, and, and, and I don't know that there's anybody else on this bracket that, that did that sort of thing for this, for this team more than, than Pavel Datsuk. So I'm, I'm going with Pavel Datsuk. Ethan? Okay. Um, this is a really – tough decision for me but um i'm i want to go with bowman i just i think him coming on to this team and you know just being widely known as one of the best coaches in nhl history before he comes on to the red wings is is something that i'm trying not to influence my decision here but his his ability to control players and to 
have them do what he wants them to do and to play as a team together is something that I think is unmatched nowadays in the NHL. And you, when you hear stories of ex-coaches, you, you hear how crazy he could be, but I think it, it, was like a, it was like a controlled madness. And it's something that I appreciated wholeheartedly. Like, and he also has the second, or he has the best record in NHL history up until last year when Tampa Bay tied it. But, you know, I just think that Bowman was that. And plus for him to go out the way he did to winning another Stanley Cup. That's a good point. That's is, a real good point. Is icing on the cake for me. And him being the first coach to be like, hey, give me, give me my skates, trainer. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to skate around this thing. We did talk about that on uh, Wednesday's episode with Ken Kell. Quick plug, if you haven't checked that one out, we did a Red Wings rewind on the 2002 uh, Stanley Cup run. I will go last. So we got – I'm the tiebreaker here. And uh, I hope that I hope that my perspective is not being skewed by the fact that, as I've stated on this podcast before, the 2002 Red Wings were my introduction to Red Wings hockey. They're the first team that I can remember watching, uh, you know, and that was Pavel Datsuk's rookie year. My entire life, up until two or three years ago, Pavel Datsuk has been synonymous with Red Wings hockey. He's been the most entertaining player on every Red Wings team I've ever watched after that 2002 team. Um, I mean, you just look at his stats. He's got 314 goals, 604 assists, uh, pretty much a point-per-game player, four Lady Bings, three Selkie Awards. Uh, There are very, very few players in NHL history who – who who is who could play with the skill that he did while also being so quiet, reserved, hard nosed, coming to the rink, not going to say much. Like he was never really. It's funny because it's rare that you see a guy who captures the attention of the people the way that Pavel Datsuk did, never be in consideration for a captaincy. And that's not a knock on Pavel Datsuk in any way, but I think it does speak to the way that he just went about his business, just doing his own thing, leading by example. He never needed to be that guy. Um, but in terms of overall skill, he is far and away the, the most talented Red Wings player uh, I've ever watched. That being said, I think I'm going to go no, with Scotty Bowman. I think, I think I have to go don't with Scotty Bowman. And wow. for this reason, and for this reason, no the Red Wings, as we mentioned, in disarray, for a long period of time. It takes them many, many years once they have their core in place to start to figure things out. And Scotty Bowman takes a guy or takes a team who's, you know, trying to to learn how to become a Stanley Cup contender. And he, all of a sudden he has these five Russian players added to it. Uh, uh, players from a country that don't typically play over here. So not only does he have the aspect of trying to put together a Stanley cup winning team with the tools that are given to him, but he also has an added complication of how do I fit these kind of outsiders into this locker room and put together a team that can make it all the way to the cup. And it wasn't easy. They were upset in the first round in 1994. They were uh, swept out of the finals in 1995, get beat by the Colorado avalanche in 96. Uh, And you know, there, there was some failure to start his tenure, but I don't think that Pavel Datsuk had a direct impact on longstanding NHL history or 
long-standing Red Wings history the way that Scotty Bowman did. I just mentioned it a, a minute ago in the Brennan Shanahan, Mr. I debate. If Scotty Bowman doesn't come in and, and the Red Wings don't win that cup in 97, who knows what this franchise looks like today? Who knows how they blow it up? Who knows, uh, you know, what their approach is from then on out? And I think, like you mentioned, Ethan, just the lore, the fact that he was probably, I think, inarguably the greatest coach in NHL history, and he won his last couple cups here. He, it was like his uh, magnum opus, as they call it. Um, getting this team to work together with so many, this, just a wide range of cast of characters. And uh, I think what he was able to accomplish here during his time as the Red Wings coach is, uh, I mean, it's unmatched. Do you guys no, mind? It's hard to argue it. Do you, do you guys mind telling to... me where this, uh, like, where your logic has been in the last round, two rounds where you guys have been <laughs> pushing Tyler Bertuzzi over <laughs> NHL? That's one of those things my brain goes blank and I just start talking through my heart. Oh, my God. Congratulations. No, you did it right this time. You don't know. Listen, let me, let me, I'll, I'll do some uh, insanity. On, on request for you, Ethan, because I, I wanted to, I wanted to say this. I was I thought for sure no one was going to be going Pablo Datsuk there. Same, same that here. Was, uh, and uh, that being the case, I was I was already thinking about the juicy matchup in the next round in the Elite Eight because I was going to I want to have the opportunity to say this. I was going to vote for Pablo Datsuk over Nicholas Lidstrom. Um, wow. Yeah. Wow. I think. You know, it's it, just purely off of watching hockey for my entire life. I think that Pavel Datsuk is the single best hockey player that I have ever witnessed. Um, he doesn't have the the cups. I mean, he has two of them, but he doesn't have as many cups as guys like Eiserman, Gordy Howe, and Nicholas Lidstrom and Ted Lindsay. Um, but just off sheer eye test, I've never seen anybody play the game at as high of a level as Pablo Datsuk. And, and I think he's, he's always going to be my assertion as the most underrated athlete I have ever witnessed. I a hundred percent agree with you on that. And like I said, I don't want to take away from Pavel Datsuk at all. It's just, he was going up against the greatest coach of all time and, and a coach who changed the course of Red Wings history. That being said, I, uh, I I'm 100% with you on that. I remember in his last game, uh, I think I can't, was it against Tampa Bay? No, sorry. You're right. You're no. Right, yeah. Right. He, the last round against Boston, I remember him skating through the neutral yeah, yeah. zone going, wow, well, this is the last time I'm ever going to be able just, to see him do this. I was just going to say that I was, I remember him skating through the neutral zone for the last time with the time was running out. And uh, oh, that was, yeah. that was when Pavel Datsuk, like that was his windup to 103 mile an hour fastball. That was his like bracing for the, the big hit or loading up to make the big throw, whatever you want to call it. That to me was, Oh, here he goes. And watching him do that for the last time was like shutting the door to my childhood bedroom yep. in the house that I just sold. I, that couldn't have been said better. No one. Farewell, Pavel Datsuk. I, I have goosebumps over here. <laughs> Farewell, Pavel Datsuk. We miss you. Uh, we will miss you in this tournament. But alas, Scotty Bowman is going through, and he will have a date with either the number four overall Nicholas Sistrom or the number 13 overall Henrik Zetterberg. Uh, Sergio, I think we know your thoughts <laughs> on this one. So I guess we'll start with you. Yeah, I'm going Lidstrom. 
Ethan. And if you guys make this one interesting, I'm jumping in. Ethan, look, you want to make this interesting? <laughs> this guy was a <laughs> this guy was a was a great captain for this team. <laughs> you know, he was one of those guys that one of them, one of them he, was a great captain for the team. Yeah, when he came here, he didn't think he was going to be, you know, wasn't going to be that all-star. Wasn't going to be that guy that's going to play here his entire career. But don't you know it, he did. And the guy I'm going to go with, I mean, dude, it's got to be Lindstrom. There's just, I, that hurts. <laughs> you know, hurts, he's, he's, it, he's it, the it, best defenseman in NHL history. He's the best defenseman in NHL history. He's got six Norris trophies, uh, all of which came in the, in the latter half of his career. Uh, he's the perfect human. They, they gave him the name, the perfect human for a reason. Unfortunately, uh, Henrik Zetterberg, you're going to go down to one of your countrymen or fortunately, depending on how you look at it. Um, I do want to, I do want to say some things about Henrik Zetterberg though, because I think Henrik Zetterberg right alongside, uh, kind of the, the way that we look at Pavel Datsuk and Max, give me a second before you start jumping in here, but he played only a hundred more games than Pavel Datsuk. And one of Sergio's, uh, biggest contentions about Henrik Zetterberg is that he didn't score the puck enough, but Henrik Zetterberg finished with more career goals than Pavel Datsuk. I think that's an important thing to point out when you just look at the sheer, uh, just, I guess what he brought to this team outside of the score sheet. And and it's not always going to be there, but he's again, another guy that, uh, that just led by example. He wasn't going to give you 40 every single year. But I tell you what, he would always lay down in front of that shot, even if he had the C on his chest. You know, he, uh, like we mentioned before, he's a guy who pretty much had a fractured in two back. He's the Calvin Johnson of the Detroit Red Wings. Didn't practice his last two years uh, as a Red Wing. Um, Yep. I mean, who would have thunk it, huh, Sergio? (laughs) Dutterberg's got more points and more goals than Dodson. I'm back on this list. You know, if we're, if we're, it's, it's interesting because there are so many names that I would have taken over Zetterberg. We just, we just, uh, we just booted Brendan Shanahan. I, I want to know from you guys, who would you have taken Shanahan or Zetterberg? Zetterberg. Cause I, I would have, I don't, I don't know. It, that, that's gotta a, be kidding that's a me. genuine coin flip for me. Gotta be kidding me. That's outrageous. That's absolutely outrageous. Dude, he was drafted. He was. 210th overall like the fact that he had the career he did like I don't know man I, I gotta I gotta love affair for Henrik Zetterberg he's a player that defined my childhood alongside Pavel Datsuk you know they broke into the league pretty much about the same time uh up until three four years ago I did not know Red Wings hockey without Pavel Datsuk or Henrik Zetterberg so maybe I got rose tinted glasses a little bit but I uh, I'm willing to admit that as we wrap up the first half of the Sweet 16 boys I had a great time doing this again. We look forward to meeting you guys again here tomorrow. Same time, same place. How are you guys feeling about this next, uh, these next matchups coming? Um, you know, pretty- I feel a lot better. I think we got a lot of the real consternation out of the way. This, this one was tough. It was. It was. And we got yeah, some good ones. Good one. We got some good ones tomorrow, too. Not uh, easy decisions to make across the board. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun with it. We hope you guys join us, and we'll see you tomorrow. Flatten the curve, boys.